0: Yeah! What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Rob, back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. Man, how are y'all doing? Are you feeling okay? Are you feeling all right? And are you promoting positivity? Are are y'all good out there, man? Are you promoting the positivity? are you incorporating positive things into your daily life be careful with instagram and all the social medias and all this stuff man you got to filter out the negativity and filter in the positivity i've been good very very busy working with past the peas app i officially (laughs) am super officially on the past the peas app team hold on let let me give myself a round of applause I am the community manager for Pastor P's app, and I'll be working with some influencers that are going to help us push this thing out to a wider audience. But speaking of audiences, y'all can download Pasta P's app, and you already know it is an app where you can create collaborative cookbooks so you can hold on to those precious family memories for a limited time my famous seafood boil recipe is on the app it's public right now but I'm probably gonna make it private let me see we got July I might make it private by the end of the month so if you want that recipe you're gonna have to be a family member or a friend to be able to see it all right so download the P's app and put some recipes up in there man all right oh man so man I am excited about this episode y'all you know my Claflin family, I, I keep telling people Claflin University was one of the best decisions ever made in my life. Ever. I mean, it, it's, I met so many great people and I learned so much about myself and then the black community and just education and just impacting the world. And my fellow Claflinites have gone out and just <sighs> done amazing things. Amazing things. And guess what? We have a fellow Claflinite guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. Y'all know I love to have guests. I'm not even going to dawdle or delay. This brother is a distinguished senior level executive and visionary leader dedicated to empowering BIPOC citizens in future tech industries. He is the CEO and founder of Black Meta Agency Corporation. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr.
1: Howard Jean. A right, a, a Ride, man. It's such an honor to be here. Rob has done exceedingly well, but that's a Claflin standard. That's a Claflin confidence, man. So shout out to Rob. And also he represents his fraternity very well, man. So respect to you, sir, and what you've established uh, with, with your podcast.
0: I appreciate that, man. And I have to thank you. He ain't know I was about to do this. Man, I have to thank you for being such a great example for me when I came to Claflin, man. Um, like you know. That transition to Claflin was very hard for me. I moved from South Carolina in middle school. I moved from South Carolina to Philadelphia. So I had to leave everything and everyone I knew behind, Moved to the city of Philadelphia, finished middle school and high school, um, really grew a tight, tight, tight relationship with my pops. And my pops was like, I went, I didn't even want to go to college, funny enough. School was tough for me. Like I could do it, but I was lazy. My dad was like, you going to Claflin? And I was like, all right, because if I don't go to Claflin, I don't know where I want to go. And I had to leave my pops and leave Philly and all the food and just that culture and come back to South Carolina. And I didn't know anybody like all my friends from elementary school. I maybe knew like two of them still. And all my friends and bonds that I made in Philly, they was back in Philly. So I had to come to Claflin and I was like, dang, we starting over again. But man, people like you and then being in the Call Me Mister program, y'all welcome me with open arms just like you welcome everybody else with open arms, man. And yeah, you just set such a great example and I just want to let you know I will always appreciate you for doing that, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Man, for first of all, first of all, man, you you're welcome. Uh that's our mission is, as as you know, older uh Black males and I was only maybe a year or two older than you maybe. Um, But man, you know, you've done amazingly well. Um, I didn't know you were from Philly, man. You know, I had no idea until this moment. I guess I forgot in college. Everyone from somewhere else. But then, you know, as you live in those cities, because, you know, I lived in Philly for a while and worked at Cheney University and, you know, actually cut my teeth as my first major city. I didn't realize in Philly, man. So that wow, man. That that's really impressive. Really impressive.
0: Yeah, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that Philly thing, man. It's a very special place, y'all. You got to spend some time in Philly before it's all said and done. Spend some time in Philly, y'all. But
1: yeah, yeah.
0: How have you been, man? You have been a busy guy, and I, I just have so many things I want to touch on with you tonight, man. But you've been a busy guy. I've been following you. I've been watching you, seeing the social medias, and seeing the impact that you've been making. How have you been doing, man?
1: Man, you know, all I got to say is that, you know, it's all about alignment and, you know, I'm I'm in a great space. You know, I think one thing that's underestimated is, you know, the process to really finding yourself and really exploring, you know, all of your skill sets and then also the art, the science of bringing all that together so you can continue to, you know, pronounce your gifts as you're doing right now. Right. It's Mm -hmm. taking taking time. Uh, You have to bust through all those molds that they put us in and you know, we have to kind of almost synthesize all these, you know, skill sets. So at the end of the day, you know, I am probably happier than I've ever been. I'm stronger than i ever been. Uh I'm at my college weight. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. Man, I can't, I can't say anything bad, bro. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm very, I'm well.
0: Yo, everyone who went to college,
1: y'all know what that college weight was. You wasn't? know what that mean? Yo, yo, I mean that, 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 that was a little shade. You know, I am at my college weight. Like, what about you? What about y'all? No shade, but you know, it takes a lot of hard work and discipline. So yes. <laughs>
0: Man, especially as you get older. I'm trying to, I got to lose like 15 pounds and I'll be back at my college weight. So, but yeah. you.
1: <laughs> that was a little flex, you know for me. That was a little flex, flex. That was a big
0: flex, bro. For real. No. Woo, everybody's serious. college
1: weight wasn't supposed to, everybody's college weight actually wasn't good weight anyway, so. That's a fact. That's, that... That, that's the story. <laughs> we love y'all. We love y'all. We promise. Yeah, Yo. we love y'all, yeah. <laughs> Yo, so. The big boys and the big girls out there. Yeah, we love y'all, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yo, you about to get my show canceled?
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: So, question for you: Who is Howard John?
1: Man, I'm gonna give a shout out to Jamal Lemon. You know, he is. He was my upperclassman. You know, uh, education major. And Jamal had this uh, project um, called the Sovereign Space. Mm-hmm. And you know, Sovereign Space was was all about sovereignty and independence and autonomy while being yourself. And so I like to use that 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 word because he was the first person that taught it to me as an adult. So I'm sovereign, man. I, I'm, I'm someone that's a, a spiritual warrior, uh, someone that operates in the 5D more than the 3D and understand that this is my spiritual journey. So, you know, I'm a spiritual being. I used to be called a king, but king is in the flesh. But I want to be called a spiritual being, man. So uh, that's who I am.
0: So I'm glad you touched on that because... You talked about in your questionnaire your inspirations, your ancestors, spirituality. I cannot pronounce the other word that you say, uh, that you put in there. What is that? Ayah ayahashika.
1: Oh ayahuasca. 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 Oh,
0: I've heard it, yeah. but I've never seen
1: it written. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Tell me more about your inspirations.
1: Yeah, so so it goes back to you know being raised in a in a very religious environment. Uh, but then being challenged at Clapham to question things and to inquire at, at the genesis of things. And so being raised, you know, within, a, you know, a, a Southern Baptist community, you know, it gives you so much great you know, information and great content as it relates to things to refer back to from spiritual hymns to scriptures to parables. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as evolution would have it during this age of Aquarius, when we're about bringing uh, the information from that was hidden Uh, To the forefront, you know, I was on the cusp of just really exploring, okay, what is religion? What is spirituality? And the biggest question that got me here was if I wasn't, if our people wasn't brought here as slaves or if slavery wasn't something that happened to our people, what would be our spiritual foundation? What would be our quote unquote religion? So for me, that one question drove me down this path of really just questioning religion, questioning spirituality, and then coming to a place to where, you know, unity was kind of the 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 overall overarching you know quote that I wanted to kind of lead with when it came to you know what do Muslims, what do the Jewish community, you know what do you know Buddhists, what do you know vodoom and and all these spirituality they all look to you know one deity or, or just one being or just getting to a higher purpose. and so you know for me, my journey was really about understanding, okay, what is my spiritual purpose, what is my purpose? and that's in your purpose you go deep in the inside you go into history, you go into, you know, personal research. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, spirituality is like the the fuel uh, that connects me to the past and also to the future uh, while allowing me to experience the present in a very surreal but meaningful way. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I I, complete, I completely understand
0: where you're coming from with that, man. That makes a lot of sense. And, I, and I'm glad you talked about, you know, the challenging portion. I think... That is something very big that we need to definitely push, especially in our community, because so many things are ingrained to us or within us. And we're just raised to think that these things are right and nothing else can exist. And if you're doing that, you're a sinner, you're going to hell and all these other things. And it's like, yo, the world is a big place. And if you just take the the simple concept of look at what you practice and believe in in this country and then look around the world, everybody does something different. So do you really mean to think that, you know, whoever you believe in, God, higher power, that you you are the only ones on this entire planet that are correct and everyone else is sinning and doing the wrong thing because they don't believe in what you believe in and they don't study and practice exactly. the way that you practice? Does that really make sense? You know what I'm saying? I thought of that as a young age, but, you know, never really <laughs> challenged it. But as I grew older, you know, again, I'm on my own spiritual journey. I believe in God. Um, and I pray and I read the Bible and that, that gives me strength and fuel and motivation. And I don't really challenge anybody on what they believe in or what gives them fuel and motivation. As long as you're not trying to do me harm or anything like that, or you're yeah. not worshiping, you're worshiping something crazy. <laughs> then yeah. we, we, we good. Everyone has their own journey, but the challenging man, that's that's why we have so much success as well. We're knocking down walls. We're saying, hey, we don't like this. We don't like what's in, what's on the other side of that door. We're going to knock this door down. We're going to knock this wall down and build our own door and walk through that and see how this goes. So I'm definitely glad you brought that up, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and just as people within this time, we have a privilege that our ancestors didn't have, but we have their past, past performance, past experiences. Yes. We have their missteps. And so for us to... Uh, only keep things the status quo is not being academicians is not being students of history. And it's about always trying to expand and go deeper than the previous generation. So, you know, uh, to your point, you know, the unity part uh, is very clear, but also the humility and learning about your own religion and your spiritual purpose, you know, that, that arrogance to, to your point that say that, Hey, because I was had to be born in the U S born in this indoctrination, I just by a lottery, am going to go into this, Perfect place that you don't have access to because of where you were born, how you were born and how, you know, history has placed you at this point in time. So I think the humility aspect of you know being spiritual actually allows you to be more connected to humanity, you know, on, on a global level.
0: Yes, it, we definitely need that, man. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and it seems like the value of life is just... Dwindling down, like, it's just it's like, man, like, if we work together and we unify, we can do literally anything. Like, look at the world we've built thus far. Like, and it's crazy because you and me are close in age, and our generation has like a very rare lens of the world. We literally went from being young and technology very limited, you know, the computer screen with the black background and the green letters. And now the stuff we used to see on TVs and movies like Back to the Future are real and in our hand. And we were we were those transitional people. And yep. it is crazy to see the world transform in such a way. Like it's it blows my mind, mind when I'm chilling in the house and I hear my mom say something to Alexa. I'm like, yo, my mom is really using an Alexa. Device. My mom
1: loves Alexa, man. She's, <laughs> she's obsessed because of my house and want to talk to Alexa like a person and tell jokes, and I'd be on the phone with her and she'd say, Howard, what Alexa doing? And, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's hilarious, man. But, you know, they also have a, a thirst and desire to be incorporated. So that's so cool that your mom is, is a fan of Alexa. And she's listening right now. So what's up, Alexa?
0: <laughs> <laughs> for real, she's listening, man. Yo, another question for you. And this is going to be, I'm, I'm curious to know this because I feel like it took me a while to really, understand i guess for now anyway because we're we're ever evolving and learning ourselves i feel like one of my positions in life that i'm really strong at I, I like to call it the glue between the cracks i'm really good at connecting people and holding things together and finding solutions but you have a knack for leadership like <laughs> when did you realize like when i met you like leader wow that was the first wow. that's like it just emulated from you your, your walk your talk um, just the, everything that just, it just, it emulated from you. So I'm like, when, when did you realize that you were destined to just be a leader or in the, in a leadership role?
1: Well, that first one is a great question. And you help me go back. Cause sometimes we <laughs> we only remember, let's say the past 15 years, but man, you're making me go back 25 years. And, uh, that's the, yeah, literally that's a wonderful question. And you're making me reflect. And in this moment I'm remembering, you know, my mother, because I grew up in a single parent household, because you know my parents separated, mm-hmm. um, my mother wanted to make sure that that void of having a male influence was not uh, uh, left there too long, so she would always say, "Hey or Howard, come to the and I have a twin brother? Shout out to Hayward, Hayward uh, hey, Howard, come into the room and, and watch this blackmail on TV, or listen to this recording, or watch this video, or read this article." So. Mm -hmm. it's about exposure and she began exposing us to the images of success that she wanted us and later in life i coined it as a virtual mentor right Mm -hmm. but now uh as i go back and look at you know it started at six years old and seven years old and you know my mother exposing us to you know those those stories of our ancestors and you know uh, that time that were leaders and were made sacrifices to make the world a better place and that's what that was the only thing she exposed us to so you know, you, you can be what you what you you can be what you see, and that and that, that notion is so great. So I wasn't watching, you know, murder games or murder movies or yeah. you know I don't know a lot of violence. I was watching positive things. I was listening to positive uh, 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 conversations. I was seeing positive images. So that's all I I, I actually was going to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And so going to going to high school or middle school, high school um, that became very different. That we moved different than our peers because of the values that we had, of the images of success that we had. And so going into high school, we became, you know, very different people than our peers. Although we grew up in, you know, extreme poverty, what we had was morals, values, and we had uh, class. And, you know, you can't buy class. You have to be exposed to class. And so my mother exposed us to class at an Mm -hmm. early age, so by the time we came to Claflin, we was already going at a whole different frequency yep. than our peers to where we were wearing suits, yes. you know, full suits and briefcases as freshmen. And now I think about it, I'm like, what, how, what the heck was going on? But full suits, man, and, you know, we, we knew that college was preparation for the next stage in life with yes. post-college and, you know, adult um, um, professionalism. So we came in at a frequency that our peers didn't. Um, but we didn't let that separate us. We wanted to empower our peers like yourself who are doing great things. And uh, the Cardi Mr. Program gave us even more ammunition and, and, and just more platform to do so.
0: Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. And you you just hit the nail on the head. Them su- the suits. That's one <laughs> thing that stood out about you and your brother, man. Y'all. Pff, y'all. So first of all, y'all, if you don't know, you should know. Claflin University is located in Orangeburg, South Carolina it's a different type See of heat. you? <laughs> you know. Hey. <laughs> it's a different type of heat, y'all. Like, it... <laughs> and they were dedicated. Spiffy. Always clean, dedicated like me. I was like, I think we had a call me Mr. Day. We was like, all right, all the misters are going to dress up on this day. And we would do right. it. But yo, oh my gosh. <laughs> that Southern <laughs> heat with that suit on. Whew. I'm like, man, I don't know how they do it, but... It, became, it was a part of who you were before you even got there. And, you know, the message was very well received. You see, shoot, I'm 38 years old. I remember that like it was yesterday. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, and that, right. that was in 2003. And I remember it like it was yesterday, man. So very, very good job
1: there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, thank you also, man, for for picking up the torch up. You know, and coming from Philly, and again, I want to give props to you, man, because Philly is a very... It can be a very hard environment, man. It's, yeah. it's 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 the true definition of an urban community, uh, where you know it's about survival. It's about being street smart. So coming from that environment and then going into this very slow, very you know southern belt environment, man, you adapted well. You know you bought into it eventually. You know what I mean yeah. you, you still had your you know your SUNY, you know <laughs> rolling around. You know what I mean and uh, you know at the time trying to trying to trying to hold on to that. But you was a smart person too, so. I want to give kudos to you and also to your family for for making you who you are, bro. I,
0: I appreciate that, man. It's funny you mentioned that the the last episode of the podcast I talked about. We were talking about conflict resolution, and you're exactly correct. Like I was saying on the show, like when I moved to Philly from South Carolina, I was in a, you know slower place, you know nice little neighborhood, few friends. Went outside to play, but when I got to Philly, it was like your skills had to be sharpened. I mean, I hate to use the term, but it was like survival of the fittest or killer or be killed. And thankfully yeah. I had yeah. good people and good friends around me. Wasn't in a terrible neighborhood. My dad, you know, took very good care of me. He let me explore enough to make me feel independent, but he also, you know, made sure to keep a watchful eye. And it was, yeah, I could have gotten to some things, man, but there was always someone there to help protect me. And I had to use those street smarts for real, man. Because yeah, that was <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a lot. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> man, so <laughs> what are what do you think some of the greatest challenges are to being a leader, other than people hating on you? Because you know that's always going to happen.
1: Yeah, um, you know, we 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 miss the uh, the internal struggle that it takes to really you know rip away and go through, break through the trauma and generational curses and. You know, I, I kind of want to go deeper into that whole generational curses and really, you know, uh, illustrate what that is. So when we talk about generational curses, you know, we almost, from an esoteric standpoint, we think it's like someone is casting curses on us and you know, boohoo spells. But really, if you think about it, it's taken one million people to create you. It's taken one million iterations of us. This this planet is 4.5 billion years old, so it took one million iterations to get to you. And in other generations, you have trauma, you have bad habits, you have misconceptions, uh, you have intentional destruction uh, that was casted upon us. So if you were having issues of procrastination, that's not just your issue. It was the issue that was three and four and five generations back. Mm -hmm. And it's been seeded in the language, in your habits, in your mindsets. So as we think about creating our best selves, we're actually fighting against multiple generations of trauma and baggage that we're carrying. And so one, give yourself grace, but also two, be very intentional about if you see something that is deficient in your personality, if you see the way you, your language is, is is different or not positive or your outlook, don't be so hard on yourself because it took multiple people to pour that into you. Yeah. So just as you have the swag and, you know, the handsome in, the handsome or the attractiveness in your DNA that comes out from the phenotype, the genotype, right? We're going to get back back, back, back to the science of things. The genotype <laughs> is in those imprints of the trauma that was passed on from person to person, from father to, to son to mother to daughter. And as we become our better selves and trying to understand what leadership is and becoming our self, best self is, is really about understanding <laughs> understanding the, 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 the process of deconstructing yourself at the DNA level and the spiritual level and then reconstructing yourself. Um, from a, a very uh, a higher vibrational five D seventy level for being your best self, for being connected to the universe, to being having appreciation for the ground, the earth, the air, the water, to to all these things that sometimes are overlooked and sometimes are, uh, are miscounted, and really becoming a better person because it's holistic. And I think that's the other piece I want to kind of delve, delve into mm-hmm. the holistic aspects of becoming a better person. It's not just in, you know, how you get up and do your exercises and how you go to work. It's what you eat. It's your thought process. It's, it's how you go deeper into your consciousness and meditation. It's how you actually look at the earth and look at, okay, well, how am I making this is earth a better place? And we all are vessels of change in how we walk and talk and function and how we vibrate. So, you know, for me, the, the leadership aspect is really going deeper and say, okay, what are generational traumas I'm carrying? cool. Okay, cool. What is the best, the version of myself in all areas and then going daily into that process and more deeper over these past three years?
0: Yo, what uh, are you like reading my mind? <laughs> no,
1: listen, it's called frequency, man. It, 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 it's called wavelength, man. And Because you talk to as so many people, you, you get so much. You're getting generations of this genius because you're interviewing great people. So that's propelling you forward more exponentially than most people just talking around their circle of friends, because now you have these seeds that are imprinted into your your consciousness and your subconsciousness, Rob. So you know there, there there's no coincidence why we're speaking the same language.
0: Man, I you, I was looking at my phone because as you were talking, man, uh, last year in either uh, might have been October, November ish, I did I do a reel called um, uh, every Tuesday I do a positive vibe, and I was talking about just generational curses, thinking about. Some of the things that you are held to because, you know, it's just the way it was done. And I talked about how our generation, in particular, you know, I find it interesting. We are in between the uh, suck it up, do what you got to do, get it done. And the newer generation is more of my emotions, my feelings everything matters and
1: counts.
0: (laughs) 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 So we're we're in this weird space where we understand that we've seen both sides. And I feel like we're kind of the balance of the two. Like we know how to, you know, tighten up the bootstraps and push through. But we also know to say, you know what? I need a mental break. I need a mental rest. We also know how to say, you know what? I can empathize and put myself in your shoes and it rubs everybody the wrong way. Older people, especially, and the newer generation just doesn't really get it yet because they haven't had enough life experiences, man. So when you, you said go. that, you made me go back to that reel, FME underscore podcast, y'all. Make sure y'all check that out. It's on my reels. It's pinned to the top of my reels, actually. Uh, and I talked about that because I, I was going through something at the time and I was really like thinking i just had time to think and let that out but like what you said is just, wow <laughs> yeah. yeah man that's that's some real man that's some real uh so in talking about trauma and dang we both been through this dealing with abandonment issues with mentorship
1: and mid mentoring um I got some i got some for you bro keep going go yeah, ahead i got some yeah, fire for you
0: I've definitely I've definitely been there. You know, I was in education for 10 years. So, I mean, those were like my kids. I've definitely had older black men that I looked up to um, as mentors and things of that nature. And some of them did let me down. Some of them were just not truthful and just not who I thought they were. And me, what what I've learned to develop instead of a bunch of distrust, my default is I trust you until you give me a reason not to. I also know how to give someone grace, but I know when someone does not have my best interest at heart, all I can do is come to you as my true self, genuine, open, honest. Um, shout out to my mentor, Corwin J. Millette, Exit Realty Low Country Group. When I met him, um, I was teaching at the time and I was thinking about transitioning into real estate and I sat down with him, took a meeting with him. I said. I want to work for you after, you know, we had an initial meeting and after that I reflected off of the initial meeting, when I met with him again, I said, I want to work for you and I want you to teach me everything, you know, and that's literally, I ain't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's literally what he did. I took my spring break and I spent my spring break in a real estate office, learning, learning in the car, on the go. He held nothing back. There was no oh that's a secret. I can't let you get that, young boy. You ain't read that's that's my secret. There was none of that. Like it was wide open and I really saw the world of real estate and how it works the way it really works because of him. And to this day, people still call me now, and I have not practiced real estate in about like five years, but people still call me and ask me questions because I've been given so much knowledge and I still chime mm-hmm. in in his chats when he's asking the agent stuff, cause I'm still in the groups and I'll respond to his questions and we laugh about it. Cause he's like, man, you still on your stuff. But yeah, that, that was like one of the greatest people to come into my life, man. And he's just always been true. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on that, man? Just, just the whole abandonment thing.
1: Yeah, man. So, you know, this is a, a recent, uh threshold that I've crossed and reflecting and, and really going deep, man. And, you know, I, I'm going to be talking about meditation a lot and just, referencing meditation a lot uh, in this conversation because I think I know that that's something that is underexposed to, you know, the African-American community. Yeah. Uh, but, man, you know, because we're so such spiritually connected um, and we have such a different perspective of spirituality, once we add that into our practice, uh, to our rituals or to our methodology of of spiritual foundation, uh, we're going to be able to address a lot of things. So uh, that's the baseline. And so when it comes to abandonment, so my father had about 18 kids, maybe a little more respectively. Um, and wow. I've gotten more grace. My father passed away in 2021 uh, of COVID in Haiti. Mm. And, That became an interesting moment in my life of just reflecting deeper. I didn't grow up with him, uh, but you know, obviously, as you know, having his last name and my mother parents still being married, I still had a pride in being Haitian and pride in being connected to the culture, you know, through him. So, you know, shout out to my father, rest in peace. Yes,
0: rest in Um, peace.
1: So, 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 as I kind of, kind of talk about that, I'm going to talk about abandonment from an awareness of the privilege of having a father and understanding baseline what loyalty is through a a active and loving father that sets the tone for the, for the, for the threshold you give other people. So that's a boundary, right? So for instance, if your father teaches you what loyalty is and, and you aspire to be loyal to your father, that means no one is going to get the same loyalty as your father because that's the ceiling, right? You yep. can't be more loyal to your father. So if you don't have a father figure in your life and you give that loyalty to everybody else, then you don't have any boundaries. Yeah. Unfortunately, through mentorship, it should be a reciprocity in mentorship. And, and that's yes. something that I speak about all the time is that, like you, you were you with your mentor in the car. You were giving, helping him out and he was giving something to you, so there was reciprocity there. Yep. Unfortunately... If your mentor is not a healthy father, he can't give you rich and righteous mentorship. I'm gonna say that again. If your mentor, yeah, hey, I'm about to go deep, man. I've been waiting to give this message and I'm so glad I can talk to you about this and share it. I haven't talked to this, said this publicly. If your mentor is not an active and involved father and loving his kids righteously with all that he has, he only can give you only a percentage of what he gives his kids. Cause he's not gonna give you everything he gives his kids. So let's let's go back. If my mm-hmm. father, if my father wasn't there to set the tone of what loyalty is, then every man that I see as a father figure gets that. Yeah. And every man does not deserve that, has not earned that, is not worthy of that. Mm-hmm. So as someone that is being, has been exposed, going back to the virtual mentors, to all of these male influences virtually. And now when I see a man in person, I give him the same respect, same adoration, uh, same uh, deference that I give my father, that's unhealthy. And that further increases abandonment issues. Why? Because those men obviously uh, have trauma, have damage, and if they haven't become the the best fathers, the really highly actively and involved righteous fathers, then inevitably they're going to be manipulative to you, sometimes intentionally, but sometimes unintentionally because of the un- healed trauma they have. So now it becomes a cycle of abandonment that happens because they are going to disappoint you. Yeah. And that's just what the reality is. Yeah. But, 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 but as we go down this pathway of understanding boundaries, abandonment and baselining loyalty from your mother, loyalty to your father, et cetera, that sets the tones for everything else. So, you know, when it comes to abandonment, I, you know, I have gone deeper and meditating on to you know, a situation I had with a, a mentor you know, I, I served and, you know, loved and gave everything that I could because I was receiving guidance and tutelage. But then when it came to, hey, now is that time to pour into me as openly and freely yep. as I would have wanted. That didn't happen because he was still dealing with some issues in his life that he was working through. And if I took it personal, I would go, oh, man, F this Negro and right. da, 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 But because I have compassion and grace, I say, OK, He's, he's only able to love and guide me as the capacity that he has within him, but he's not my father. So for me to give him the same, you know, respect and adoration I gave a father, that was a misstep. And for me to expect that same return, that's also a misstep. So there comes accountability and understanding that I'm accountable in this relationship. So this is a, a level of growth that has come through um, reflection and, you know, losing your father and losing a grandfather in the same year. Um, but also just being owning the mistakes and also owning the transgressions so that I now can correct that. And also, like I said before earlier, spirituality allows you to, you know, time travel in the past to see what's going on, mm-hmm. be present, but also look to the future to say, OK, cool. Now, how can I, you know, change the trajectory of generations after me from the lessons that I've learned?
0: Right. You you are literally lifting burdens off of me right now. Hey man, I'm
1: here. That that's 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 our purpose, man. And that, that, that that's typically my purpose,
0: bro. Bro, oh my god. Like I I everything you just mentioned. I I've been through it. Like I I lost my father while I was in college. Was not ready. I wasn't ready. I was so young and my dad tried to pour so much into me before I went to school and I rebelled a bit when I got to school because I'm like, all right, you you all the way up there. Like, you blowing my phone up. I ain't got to answer. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, there were some definite missteps after that because I was kind of spiraling out of control. I almost didn't finish school, but I promised him I would finish. So I, I left for a little while, came back, made sure I finished. Had some missteps with mentors, like you said, because now I'm kind of searching. I'm like, dang, like I needed my oh. dad here. So I was given, like you said, that loyalty and respect. At such a high level to people who just one, some didn't deserve it, but two, they didn't know what they were getting into because they didn't they might have learned later, oh shoot, like he really been through it. Like I should have thought about this. But um Mm -hmm. what did help me, and if especially if you're a young man out there listening, ladies too, but if you're a young man out there listening and you have your parents, especially your father, listen. So many lessons that my dad taught me are paying off today, maybe about Five or six years after I got off, got out of college and I really learned to sit, calm myself, relax and just think a lot of what he taught me is still serving me today. The reason why I can speak to people easily and freely, the reason I know how to explain my wants and needs to people, the reason I can express, you know, myself being upset or however I feel expressing my emotions. I can do it in a calm, controlled manner because my dad didn't he wasn't an arguer, yeller fusser. He wasn't that type of person. So he instilled that in me. And man, like you just hold on, I feel like I'm in the therapy
1: session. <laughs> no, man, because and 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 that's what it is. Like therapy is really going back and unpacking, you know, addressing it's almost like the matrix, man. You know, this is why I like the matrix and and also a um, minority report. is like once you go back to healing, you can actually recreate every moment that happened in your life from a more healthier and accountable standpoint. So now you're looking differently down, you know, the path line of history, bro. So, man, bro, I'm here to share this with you and and your listeners out here that, you know, you can find really deep healing by going backwards and looking at things from a a more accountability, but with grace. And then as you now go back and replay sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade and all these years after you said, I'm going to look at reframe that. The entire world shifts. Oh,
0: man. You
1: just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are y'all, does, these, y'all need
0: to be writing these gems down, y'all. This is why I do this show. And you just... Man, you... So, you reconfirm something for me too, man. And uh, shout out to Dr. Ashley Dash. Um, National Black Man Day coming up soon, y'all. I'll be the host again. Uh, you... <laughs> she pointed something out to me. My guest... Most of my guests, if not all of them, have said things on this show that they've never said publicly before. And I didn't catch it, but she caught it. She's like, you know, I've listened to your episodes and a lot of people say this. And I was like, I didn't know. And I was like, I don't know why. She was like, it's you. She's like, it's you. You make people comfortable. You have open, honest conversations. She was like, that's your gift. And ever since then, like since she told me that, I think that was three or four years ago, my amount of guests have like doubled and tripled. Like, I have, like, hundreds of guests every year. And, again, these are people I do not know. Never met them. I see them on Instagram. Send them a message like, hey, I love what you're doing. I took a look at your links and stuff. Would you like to chat? And 95% of the people, actually, I never get a no. It's either right. I'm busy, I'm going to come back to you, or it's absolutely. And we have great conversations, man. So, when you said that, I kind of like, ha!
1: yeah, we, hey, get we hey, need to get that. We need to stay hey. on
0: this. <laughs> okay. Whew. Hold on, y'all. I, I, got, I got to absorb some more of that positive energy he just put out. I'm going to have to listen back to this a, a few times. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to bring it back a little bit, and then we're going to get into the future. And I'm going to ask you a question, and I hope to stir up some feelings on this one because it's a controversial question. But before I get to that, so I knew you when you were at Claflin, but you know, after you matriculated, you went on to Troy University, correct? Right. What was that experience like? Um, what was that next level of education like for you, and what were some of your experiences there?
1: Yeah, so the, the reason, first, first of all, just shout out to Troy University, uh, located in Troy, Alabama. Uh, I actually went to the Augusta campus in Augusta, Georgia, mm-hmm. where I was originally born. And <laughs> I was born in reason, Augusta, Georgia, too. That's crazy. Okay, man. Okay, universe. What you doing, universe? Okay, I know what you're doing, universe. You're doing what you said you was gonna do, universe. Yeah. Uh, I own a spirit, guys. I receive a spirit, guys. So after I left Claflin, I had got bit by this bug of like education reform. You know, we was on Oprah, USA Today, Jet Magazine, all these things at an early age. When I came out, I was like, shoot. I know I want to teach, but I want to do some other things. So I kind of bounced around doing some consulting. I picked up a mentor, Colonel Jim Page, uh, which I'm on his board now. And, you know, he's a he's a friend of Mr. And he'll be at the Mr. Summit uh, this summer at Clemson University where I'll be speaking. But but uh, after kind of you know experiencing that, I was like, OK, um, I picked up radio show up. Right. Because I did okay. a benefit for a friend of mine who uh, had lost her husband in a horrible accident. She was also uh, uh, physically uh, damaged and mentally damaged from the experience. So now I'm on his radio talk show but I'm in a, still in the classroom and I want to make some more money. So grad school was another, was the next step. Mm-hmm. So once I went to grad school, I realized that, you know, it was more so just about how bad do you want it and what do you really want to get out of it? Because you're going to write a check, you can take the test, but grad school is really about, you know, how, how deep of an educational experience do you want because no one is holding your hand to be, you know, to value the experience because you're not in the same cohort as you was in an undergrad. Right. So it was a cool experience. Uh, it was a hybrid experience at the time you know hybrid meaning if someone's virtual and virtual wasn't a thing but someone's virtual and someone's in class um and i just appreciate the professional education experience um that it gives you because you know undergrad is all about social and yeah. you know relationship building but you know once you go into professional school it's about okay i'm here for a specific purpose to pr- progress my career uh but also you know go deeper into you know my, my, my mission as a as a servant leader
0: Okay. Word. Okay. So, since we're on education, I do want to ask you about the Oprah Winfrey Winfrey effect. I'm unfamiliar. But here's a question I have for you that's been stirred up controversy. I don't like this question. Um, well, I don't like the response that people get, but Do you believe in the value of higher education? Like, I I know you've probably heard people talk about, you know, college is a scam, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, "Mm, y'all, I mm, I can't roll. I can't roll with y'all on that one, man. Because if I did not go to Claflin, (laughs) if I did not get a higher education, like, I don't know what the heck my life would look like. Like, I learned so much and made so many strong connections. Like, you and I have known each other for 20 years. Right,
1: right, (laughs) Anniversary. happy anniversary, bro Happy anniversary, friend
0: (laughs) Yeah, literally it's 20 years And what what y'all don't understand is this is, you know, this is my guy Like, we don't talk every day, we might talk once or twice a year But when I need him, he's there If he needs me, I'm there And that's, we got that because of the experience we had in college Like, I still love some of my high school friends But I don't even know where half of them at you know,
1: <laughs> right, right, but like right. college,
0: right. like, yeah. So, what what are your thoughts and feelings about you know the conversations around that?
1: Yeah, so so that's a great question. So, uh, last two weeks ago, I was appointed as the board of advisor member for universities of Shady Grove. So, University of Shady Grove has nine institutions: Bowie State, Morgan, uh, College Park, and about you know six other colleges under their purview. Mm-hmm. And now we're at this paradigm shift of. Uh, vocational learning, uh, certificate-based learning in tech, and also the higher education conversation. And the issue with higher education, because I'm a proponent of higher education to a degree, is the issue is that once the commerce of education came into play, then it shifted the value of higher education. Mm-hmm. So commerce is those professional schools, University of Phoenix, even Troy University, where you know it's less about the social experience, because that's what you value the most. Rob was the social experience you got within an institution. Yeah. So when we have this higher education conversation, we need to bifurcate it and talk about the residential, uh, immersive college experience versus the for-profit college experience. Because those are two different worlds. Yes. Because the experience that you that 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 you hearken to was leaving your home, being in a fraternal type environment with men. Uh, being around the women and socializing, developing those the game that you got now with the ladies, bro. You know what I mean? Like, like that was what you talking about? You ain't talking about just taking an exam, getting a grade, and going on. Yeah. The 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 for-profit model is actually just a richer vocational experience because you're focused on just learning something to get a better job or to get ahead professionally. Yeah. So as we do, as you do, move forward and asking that question. Make sure try to align the question into for-profit uh, higher education and 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 traditional higher education, and then you're going to see the difference in, in responses. So mm. that is the baseline, and to kind of go deeper into that, there is a value, there's a purpose for higher education when it comes to networking, building relationships, learning independence, uh, learning how to manage your own you know micro finances. Learning how to deal in a residential community—that's—that's—that's—that's—it's uh, um, priceless. Yeah. Because going from high school straight into the real world, you know, is dangerous. So I, I give so much credit to those residential experiences, and I always push people to leave your home and go, even it's an hour, two hours, or six hours away. Just leave to understand what that growth experience is about when you have to leave, you know, your your parents' home. Um, the for-profit model, I'm actually a proponent for that as well. If your social circumstances don't allow you that privilege, because we talk about privilege now, right? Mm-hmm. Privilege is not saying, oh, I'm better than. Privilege says I had the opportunity that they did not have. Whew. So as we talk about privilege, the privilege to go away is is, is ridiculous. It's amazing. But the privilege that we, that we don't have says, okay, cool. I don't have the privilege to go away, but I do want the value of education to, to better myself and i'm going to either stumble upon those social interactions and learn you know by cutting my teeth and learn by error how to be independent um but so 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 yes i have value and i have a uh, very appreciation for vocational learning uh for certificate based learning but also for that immersive four year uh residential college experience so th- that's how we'll kind of graduate uh uh um when we say higher education, because I think okay. that's probably what you're talking about versus the, the latter.
0: Yeah, I pre- thank you for the clarification. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to write that one down because I want to ask people more people that question. And you know, I find that when you go to the when you have the opportunity to go to college, like you have to step into a new version of yourself and you have to make the most of those experiences. Like, I did a lot of things that made me uncomfortable, I was in some pilot student learning programs where I earned money. I sat and talked with my professors. I networked. I joined a fraternity. And I'm an introvert, y'all. Like y'all know I don't go nowhere. I don't do nothing. Like I'm very introverted. But I learned to be more extroverted because I'm like, this is this is part of the reason why I'm here. Like yes, I want to be a teacher and I have to do this so that I can do that. But I'm like all these people around are around here. All these people from different parts of the country and even different parts of the world you know, so it's like, why not have a conversation? Why not socially interact? And like you said, man, that is priceless. Like it has served me so well in the in the mm-hmm. real world once I got out mm-hmm. there. You know what I'm saying? So I thank you, thank you for that response, man. Those of y'all out there listening, y- y- y'all with us, y- y'all got this, man. Like the gems, the gems, <laughs> man. Look, okay. Talk to me. What is the Oprah effect,
1: man? So. You know, shout out to you know, Oprah Winfrey uh, for, you know, seeing that robbery to invite, you know, myself, my brother uh, and about seven other six, maybe six other undergrad students, including Dr. Roy Jones. Just spoke to them yesterday. And also the, the man of the hour was uh, Mr. Jeff Davis, uh, who was the recipient of the Use Your Life Award. And we were co-recipients of that experience. As representatives of the Call Me Mister program, uh, follow me on Howard R J E A N, H O W A R D R J E A N. Uh, you will see uh, the clip uh, of the Oprah Winfrey experience and being on the show. And I say that the Oprah effect, it, it, it's all about how you leverage it and also what it means to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for us, it gave us a calling card that would make people's ears perk up a little more. It would, it allowed us to be on an international stage. Uh, Rob, bro, we was on the same show that Tyler Perry was on for his first time. Wow! Dr. Phil was on for his first time, and also Eileen Fisher, which had a very popular clothing store. So that was the first time that each of those three was on the show, and that was the same episode. So wow. you know, there is no coincidence. Like I yeah. was, we were we were meant to be in the same room and do phenomenal things. You know, as 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 Mr. Perry has become an icon in this field, as well as Dr. Oz and uh, Miss Fisher. Uh, and obviously, you know, a shout-out to Miss Winfrey for what she's done across multiple industries over the years. Um, but the Oprah effect, for me, was about allowing people to listen a little more closely to, you know, what value that I had that someone of Oprah's stature had saw in us, mm-hmm. you know, as I was only, I think, 18 years old at the time, <laughs> going on that show. So that allowed me... Wow. <laughs> Opportunities to be on stages with people, opportunities to receive keys to the city because of that little, that major moment in life that I kept to, kept kept leveraging mm-hmm. and kept leveraging. And it's all about how you leverage something. And it's all about, you know, finding the value and understanding branding and understanding the power of association. So just being associated with her name on my bio, it it gives me a little more credibility. But it's also about how do you... Uh, 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 when it comes to appreciation, how does that asset appreciate, right? Yeah. How does that moment appreciate? And, you know, I've always connected, you know, myself to that moment and how that exposed me to reforming spaces and, you know, being a voice for the underserved and, you know, being a servant leader and, and being recognized. So it wasn't, if it was not for the Associated Press article, and I'm going to get the author of that Associated Press article in USA Today, then uh, Oprah and her team would have not heard about Carly Minister. So I am going to find that article and give that person a shout out because without them, uh, we, as in the entire 14 state program of Carrie message to this date and about 30 different colleges would not have had the access, you know, uh, to the show. And as you know, the show did, you know, uh, fade away uh, in the uh, mid 2000s. So, you know, shout out, you know, to that writer from Associated Press, uh, but also thank you, Ms. Winfrey for uh, allowing us to be, a part of your 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 narrative and part of your ma- amazing show.
0: Wow. Uh, Miss Winfrey, if you're listening, hello.
1: <laughs>
0: <Hey>. <laughs> hello. <laughs> yes, is think... it me
1: you're looking for? She, she might hear this. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> listen, she is, man. Listen, yeah. listen. I believe it. I believe it. It's oh. only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time. So, yeah. Oh, hold on now. You got me. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, you're going to be, be famous, oh. Rob. You're going to be famous, Rob. I here I said it. You're already famous. You're going to be more famous, bro. Oh, Get man. ready.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to get ready and go do some more push-ups so I can get my camera weight down. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. Very well explained, man. And yes, um, leveraging that was definitely... Ooh, you just just made me think of something else. I think Mm -hmm. we do not give ourselves enough credit for the things that we accomplish, and we do not take advantage, not in a negative way, but take advantage of the things that we accomplish and really put them out there like, you know... Just your, like I said, your pre- your presence, to me, your presence is just a gift, like in general. Like again, like I said, when I first met you, man, just the impact you had and the presence that you had, and it has carried you so far, but you learn to say, you know what, this is this is a part of who I am, and it can carry me to places and put me in the rooms that I need to be in, and I don't think a lot of us don't take the time to sit and think about those things and look at what you have done, and in your mind, or to you, it might be a small thing, but you got to remember it's a part of you, so you think it's normal. Like, this conversation we're having, I could do this every day of the week for the rest of my life. I'm going to podcast forever. This just feels natural to me. It just flows. But it's so many of my friends and other people I know want to start podcasts. I'm like, yo, I can help you start a podcast. Well, how do you do... How I'm nervous, and I'm like, what you mean? Like, you just talking to somebody. I'm like, I'm an introvert. I don't talk to... No, I talk to, like, three or four people a week. Like, my friends right. and my mom and a couple other people. But I'm like, this flows. And I have to remember, Rob, this is your gift, and this is something that you can use, and it doesn't seem extraordinary to you, which is why you might miss it, it doesn't seem extraordinary or special to you because it feels natural, it's natural for you, right, so it's like you realize or recognize at a younger age, like, oh, hold on, I got this thing, let me go ahead and use this, you know what I'm saying, so that's really dope, so those of you out there, this is why self-reflection is highly important, man, you have to take time to get to know yourself and really reflect on the experiences that you've had and the impact that you've had on others.
1: Let me ask you a question, Rob. So I'm, I'm gonna turn the mic around. What? So when you say self reflection, yeah, 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 yeah. So because because we have something in common, man. We were educators, and we were exposed to becoming a reflective practitioner at an early age. Yes. And so, like, you have a privilege of the power of reflection. So tell me, Rob, uh, how have you used that whole experience of becoming a reflective practitioner, you know, in, in your daily walking, and, and how is that, you know? helped you grow
0: it has helped me grow because like you said being a reflective practitioner you have to you learn to analyze where things can be approved and where things can be improved upon So in the educational world, y'all, that's, you know, maybe you finish a lesson, maybe you finish a unit and you sit down and you say, okay, what could I have done better? What went well? What didn't go well? What am I going to do next time? And even taking a step further and asking your students, hey, what did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? Because the next go around, which is typically the next year, you want to constantly improve. So I just took that um, I took that same concept and applied it to my life, you know, when it comes Mm. to friends Family, romantic relationships, when things don't when I do not get the desired outcome. And even when I do get the desired outcome, that might be even more important. I've learned to after the moment sit and say, Okay, let me really think about this thing from beginning to end. Ooh, that was a misstep. Or ooh, I did that and that led to this and this led to that. I need to keep doing that. And you build and you build and you build and you just become better and better and It also helps you through tough times, y'all. Like, y'all know I had a legal issue last year. Like, I went through it. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. But in that time, I took time to reflect and say, okay, what happened? What can we do better? I mean, it's over with now. Things were dismissed. Your boy's good. But... When you get to the end of the road, you say, OK, I know what to do next time, because I do believe that life comes at you in cycles. And sometimes when that, that opportunity presents itself again or a new opportunity presents itself, you can say, OK, last time I got a great opportunity that I prayed for or asked for or meditated on or spoken to existence. I did this. and I, And to me, I messed it up. Now that I've reflected on what I did last time, okay I recognize oh this is that this is this is coming back to me this is how we're gonna do it this time this yeah. we're gonna go left yeah. instead of right we're gonna call this person instead of that person we're gonna we gonna negotiate this on the front end instead of waiting to show improve on the back end and try to get like so many little things it just helps you constantly improve so that that that's what I did man I just took that. That reflective portion, and I just use it like it's like a almost like a superpower, man. It's like all right, reflect, reflection, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, but so as you're talking because you know I talk about meditation a lot, but reflective, being reflective is a form of meditation, right? Mm. Because you go you go back and you you know understand and you go deeper into moments. Being reflective also is a form of regressive therapy. You're going back, you're understanding, you're fixing, mm. and then lastly being reflective is also a, a form of continuous process with re- improvement and reverse engineering. So, so as we, you know, had these conversations that allow people, uh, think about that, you know, if you're going to be better, you got to go backwards, you got to yeah. re-engineer, you got to unpack de- re- deconstruct, and then put it back together again. If you're going to meditate, you're going to go back, go deeper, reconstruct. So this is a science, this is a pattern. And as we continue to become better people, don't lose the value of, of, of reflecting, being still and going backwards in order to go to go fast forward or frontwards, if you will, uh, with more you know authenticity and, and righteousness.
0: Yes, and what that also is going to do, and you gotta prepare yourself for it. It's gonna put Ooh. when you do it, it's gonna put you in rooms, it's gonna put you in rooms with a different set of people with a different mindset. And some of those rooms you are comfortable with, some of the people you are comfortable with are going to be uncomfortable with you now because you're not who they were familiar with. Like mm-hmm. some people still want to, you know, I am not the Rob. I was in undergrad. Some people remember some of my antics back then, but a lot of my peers respect the fact, like, like you were saying that like, dang Rob, I see you with your podcast or I see you did like you really on it. And I'm like, I love that because you are seeing the growth and you're accepting me for who I am now. You're not trying to keep me in 2010 rob, 2005 rob. I'm that's not who I am anymore. Those are experiences, those were part of the journey, but that's not my mindset, that's not where I am. I'm here now. So we can we can speak in this space and we can connect and communicate in this space. Maybe we can reminisce a little bit, but I'm over here now. This is this is my space. So if you want to be in this space, you got to deal with the rob that is in this space right now until the next phase comes. So yeah. Be prepared for that.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Last question for you, man. Last question for you. The BIPOC community and future tech industries. You are kicking in the door, man. Tell us what you're doing with that and what your mission and your goal is.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, g- going back, uh, you know, being reflective and, you know, keeping in the same theme, you know, over the years, as you said, I've done a lot. I've been in a lot of rooms. I've had a lot of impact. And and for me, I wanted to find more harmony with all of the things and the people that I was exposed to. And so last year, I kind of came, well, three years ago, four years ago almost, I started this whole process of trying to figure out, you know, what's the next 2.0 version of myself and how do I bring all these things into one space? And so, you know, I started, started, uh, I started fasting on one meal a day for a few years, mm-hmm. um, and, and that really allowed me to go deeper spiritually but also – um, began to understand just the science of like rebuilding yourself i've been doing that process i would go to the office and do a, a, a whiteboard session and a mind map session and if you don't know what mind mapping is uh, go to youtube type in mind mapping and you will start seeing you know the power of mind mapping and it's really a, a structured way of brainstorming and i was exposed to that at class as well and so i was mind mapping i said well how do i pull in education and technology and you know i like nightlife and culture and you know, being uh, a business advocate into, into one space. And I created this little circle. Uh, It's called Ikegu. When you have three circles that overlap in that that intersection, it's called Ikegu. It's a Japanese term. And so I found that, you know, that, 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 that space that had harmony and that overlaps. So I found the idea of it three years before it was birthed. And that's the thing, man, like understanding that, man, growth is not linear, linear. And also some of our answers we may have had the response, but we have to have the clarity later as we find that, 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 that the, um, the, the science of how to make it work in real life versus from our our mindset. And so once I said, oh, I want to do something that touches on these areas. Cool. Fast forward. It came to a time where I kept seeking, you know, uniformity and connectivity and vertical alignment. I was in New York last year and last April. Last uh, March, I went to the National Astro Network dinner uh, with um, Reverend uh, Al Sharpton, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, I met some guys who were NFT holders. And <laughs> NFTs were as a non-fungible token. NFT is almost like a digital. Uh, it's a digital asset yep. that is parallel to like a credit card. Like a credit card has benefits. American Express, you can go on trips and go to concerts and give special gifts and privileges. That's the same thing that an NFT. Uh, has access to so I met these guys and they own these very um, very uh, high-priced asset digital assets I bought one I, I dropped like five bands on one Woo! you know because I was like I want to invest And in, you know I'm one of those guys I leap I don't just step into something <laughs> I leap into shit I'm um, sorry sir um, but, I leaped, I, I, but I but I leaped into it and you know that showed them that I was serious right that I was about who I said I was I was investing in crypto as well, which is uh, fintech. And, you know, the crypto assets I was investing in was Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, So essentially, I was already in the world of fintech and, you know, messing with blockchain stuff. Got thrown into this NFT as an owner. The guy that um, advised me on what NFT to buy that night, he was a great guy. His name is Robert Murray. Uh, I just saw Robert in in Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, uh, Cartagena, a few weeks ago. And Robert introduced me to his network right so that's the power of being who you say you are because you never know where it's going to lead you to so be authentic so now robert was like hey howard come to this 420 event at a sneaker venue in in new york and you know i love i love i love cannabis i have a very deep passion for cannabis and i was like i was like cool but he brought me into a room where everyone had a board eight yacht club um nft and board eight yacht club is one of the most uh popular, more affluent assets you can have in this NFT space mm-hmm. where Snoop and you know a lot of these you know successful you know multimillionaires have multiple uh tokens, uh multiple NFTs. So anyway, I was one on one on the only non uh holder of this NFT in a room networking, just talking about what I'm doing and you know, workforce and trying to bridge a gap for minorities and technology. So then I met this guy named Yaron and Yaron uh was from DC, he was in New York his parents were on the, I think, United Nations or the World Bank. Wow. And then Urian said, "Yo, man, I live in D.C. Let's connect." Uh, we connected two, two or three weeks later. Urian said, "Hey, Howard, I have this NFT to go to Gary V's conference, which is VCon. And if you know Gary V, he's that man when it comes to entrepreneurship and you know this old digital marketplace of business. So I, so he gifted me an NFT. That ticket was worth, I think." $300, got to the conference, it, it, it appreciated to $550, and now it's still an asset in the marketplace. But going there, I saw how disenfranchised we were from this new paradigm of fintech and blockchain and and, and crypto and et cetera. And I was one of only, let's say, let's say 20 or 30 black people in a sea of three or 4,000 people. I was like, yo, this is a problem. On the stage, you had Snoop, you had Pharrell, Lisa Leslie, Mila Kunis. You had Seth Green and a lot of other amazing personalities uh, across different industries, all talking about NFTs and Web3 and et cetera. And Gary said, hey, this industry is going to need people just like you who are in different industries to be the bridge and be the back end, to be the support, the accountants, the managers, the the uh, consultants of these talented people creating these cool projects. So I tweeted from my seat, I'm going to bridge the gap between the Black community and this new paradigm shift, I came back home and within three weeks, I I launched Black Meta Agency. So this is my third company I founded. But this company came at a time in my life when I was ready, I was committed, I was dedicated, and I was hyper-focused. So I've I've accomplished so much in this one year. And the passion was that I want to reform this Web3 um, FinTech future industry space and have a pipeline of 1 million BIPOC technologists in five years and having specific numbers on metrics is amazing for goal setting because now it sets your uh spear for 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 what you're doing where you're going and gives you a north star so my north star is one million biotech technologists and we do that with black meta agency online uh where b as in black b m a web three uh on social media Type in "Black Meta Agency" and that name "Black Meta" came literally from knowing that you know uh, Facebook had pivoted the Meta, and I wanted to make sure that people know loud and clear that I'm black and I'm proud. I'm black and I'm proud. I'm black and the black and the black black. So that's when I was like, "Yo, let me just be very bold in my branding." And I did the same thing with my accelerator that I had uh, a few years ago. Uh, however, you know, Black Meta Agency was an opportunity for me to you know address. You know, the void of black entrepreneurs and technology, community builders uh, create a pathway uh, for those who had no or little technology experience and a way for them to get into it, uh, seeing that their skill sets are transferable. Because, again, as me and Rob started, we both were elementary education majors. Now, Rob is a successful podcast host, you know, former you know, realtor and an entrepreneur. And now you know me little old guy, I'll be interviewed by this amazing man. <laughs> so that, that speaks to the value of seeing that your skill sets are transferable, but it's all about you seeing yourself you know or being exposed to that that notion or to that mindset. And so this past year, we've hosted events uh, all over the country And I'm from DC, New Orleans, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia, you know virtually in LA and you know Miami, and all these other cities. Where we host conferences, Uh, we're giving consultation and modernizing career and technical education programs to be future forward, meaning going from just vocational and technical programming to now incorporating fintech careers uh, exposure and blockchain career and, you know, virtual reality, uh, uh, which is, you know, XR, extended reality, that whole space. Um, So, you know, that's what that's how I got to this space was really saying, hey, I want to reform uh, the technology space. This is Carby Mister is helping to reform the teaching space by creating a presence of black male teachers, and now we're creating a presence and a community for BIPOC technologists.
0: Let me get the round of applause for you. Get,
1: uh, <laughs> hold, 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 right there. I appreciate it, buddy. You've been an honor, and I'm so glad to share this story with my fellow uh, classroom alum. This, this. Mm. Y'all, I. Hey. I'm trying to break some records, man. I'm, I'm trying to go viral with you, baby. You, Let you... go viral, Rob. Yes, please. Let's go viral. <laughs> let's go viral.
0: <laughs> that story you just told about your journey. You were in the room with the right people
1: and you took a leap. Yep. From my experience. (laughs) Let's get it, let's get it. Round of applause, (laughs) drop the bomb. I need a bomb. Yeah, you need a bomb. You'll get a bomb. We'll we'll edit a bomb into this This, at some point. This is the
0: closest I got to a bomb. Shout out to Sheena. I'll
1: be down. Hey, I'll be damned. I like, that. I, like that. I, like
0: that. I like that. I like that. Wow, man. So, you just being who you are and showing them who you were in that moment by having a conversation and saying, oh, word and internalizing that and taking that leap sent such a powerful message. And look yeah. at where you are now.
1: Yeah, man. And yeah, the- a year later. Yeah. Absolutely. A year later, man, we a year later, later, man, I'm on a board, a university board. I was in a room today with some of the leading technology organizations in the state of Maryland under Governor Westmore, the first, you know, one of the first black governors of the state. Um, And man, I'm humbled, um, but also I'm empowered. And also it's showing me that the value that I had was always there. I just needed to unlock it. And I think that's the power of this podcast is that you're helping people tell their stories help others unlock um, their greatness and, you know, really actualize their yes! true potential. Yes! So, man, shout out to you, man, for what you're doing. You know, I see the vision. Uh, I've always admired that. And, you know, I want everyone to know that, you know, you have that. You know, I did this. I've, I, I bootstrapped everything. Um, um, but a lot of it came from sweat equity, yeah. uh, relationships, and just hard work. And I'm here to say that anything is possible, man. Glory to God, man, to the most high. Uh, uh, it's all about you just leaning into it. Uh, we have a clothing brand. You know, I, I'm sure you've seen our swag, man. We have yeah. a clothing brand um, that, you know, I'll be gifting you with, you know, some pieces for you to rock, man. So I I, I I already know uh, uh, you, you're going to rock it with some some nice swag, man. Perks of you being know, awesome. But in the end of the day, man, uh, it's all about believing in yourself, um, but also a, a valuing relationships and not being afraid to make mistakes. Um, and, and, and I think that's also my superpower is that, man, I have no pride. Because in mm-hmm. the, the day, if if I if I'm a stumble, I'm still gonna help somebody and I'm also gonna get some wisdom. So have no pride, put your ego at the door so that you can ascend to that next version of yourself. Uh, and, and that's what I'm here to say, man. Through Black Meta Agency, we're helping people see that next version of themselves. And also, just to kind of you know codify this thing, the reason why I want more black technologists is because going back to education, yep. Maslow's hierarchy of learning says that if people cannot eat, then that cannot go to that next stage of having value over themselves and ultimately having self-authorization. So my purpose is to get our community uh, paid well, living well. So now we can start worrying about bills and, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and now we can focus on our spiritual ascension because you can't pray if, you, if, if, your, if your stomach is growling. Yeah. You can't meditate if you don't have a clean home and a clean environment. And because I had these privileges around me that allowed me to be more spiritual, I did because I I was making good money, I did because I had a clean place, I did because I didn't have a whole lot of of confusion around me because of the ability uh, to be self-sustainable so the purpose of Black Meta Agency and if you see the two two triangles, those are the pyramids of Giza inspired by, one is for IP and one is for the talent so if they take take out our IP we can still recreate ourselves through replicating that and, and, and vice versa um, so the idea of Black Meta Agency is to empower Black technology, BIPOC technology, so we can c- contribute to how technology looks and operates, but also so that now we can get past this surviving to thriving to actualizing our higher selves. Hold
0: on, I got... I, got, I ain't got no more questions.
1: I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm here man. I'm here.
0: I got no more questions, man. I There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That, <laughs> that like you just you summed it up so well and again, y'all, like he said, that is why I do this podcast, man. I want to expose y'all to people like this. I want you to expand your mind and I want you to understand, you know, Get away from the mentality of thinking things happen overnight. I know we're in the social media age where people are showing you the highlights and not the Mm -hmm. lowlights. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And that's why I love having guests like you, my brother, because y'all need to hear the entire story and understand that you're on your way. And for those of you who want to follow in our footsteps... With whatever you're trying to do in life, you know, which is why I have a variety of guests. You need to know what that journey is like. You need to know that you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You might want to quit, but you can make it. You can fight through it. You can make it and you can do it, but you have to put in the work. It can be done, but you have to put in the work. You have to grow. You have to evolve. And man, just just deep before I let you go, man, is there anything else you want to mention talk about? And all of your links, all of his links Howard's links will be in the description. So y'all make sure y'all follow and keep up just like I'm doing, man. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about or promote or anything like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, right now, uh, in the whole spirit of, you know, re-engineering our community and getting us engaged in technology, uh, because I am an educator, you know, at my core, I'm, I'm, I'm actually working with a company, entire Steam Your Dreams, a nonprofit, actually. And we are hosting uh, I a East gaming tournament that incorporates athleticism, which is really STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math and athleticism. And we are producing the first ever video game shape, game show for kids wow. that are e-gaming uh, with purpose and for academic achievement in Baltimore, Maryland, July the 19th. And so right now we're raising funding and awareness. Uh, we want to get our show plugged and placed on all the major gaming networks online and also in real life uh, when it comes to ESPNs and those natures. So we're really excited. Uh, please visit, you know, again, uh, go to go E Steam Sports on social media. Uh, but also, if, if you go to BMA Web3 on social media or Black Meta Agency, you'll see our post about what we're doing with Steam Your Dreams, ran by Roman Montegueu. Uh, who is a founder and creator of this thing. So, man, we're really excited. If you're listening and you're in the DMV area, Baltimore area, I would love for you to be a volunteer, uh, donate resources, uh, video games, your time, your relationships. Uh, This is going to change the world of gaming uh, for our young minority kids, and we're going to make them superstars. So uh, that's what I want to put the last note in, is we're funding uh, this program, and uh, we're looking forward to having 200 uh wow. let's say keep it 100 kids of color from west baltimore yes thrown into a video game show where there be e-gaming and around mentors work with microsoft the city of baltimore and etc so check us out online i'm really excited and thank you so much rob for having me man i'm very proud of you and i, and I look forward to promoting this podcast because it's all about the post-marketing so i'm excited for, for that next wave what we do with this
0: oh yeah <laughs> Oh, man. Let's
1: go. Let's go. See you. You know, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) That's what we
0: got for y'all today, man. Make sure you support it. Make sure you support it. Make sure you support it. I'm going to post it on my page. I'm going to post it on my social medias. Y'all do the same thing, man. And support, man. Y'all know how our kids love gaming. And if we can incorporate education into that, I mean, come on, y'all. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for, man? My brother, thank you so much, man, Howard, for joining me, man. I greatly appreciate it. Those of you out there listening that have supported me through the years, man, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Check out those links. Follow us. Keep up support. And yeah, until next time, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and financially. And we'll see y'all. Peace.
1: Peace.